afternoon, March 31st, it's WrestleMania. Get your tickets to the greatest sports entertainment closed-circuit TV spectacular of all time. Mr. T risks it all wrestling for the first time, teaming up with champion Hulk Hogan versus Rowdy Roddy Piper and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Guest timekeeper, Liberace, ring announcer, Billy Martin, referee, Muhammad Ali. Get your tickets now to WrestleMania on closed-circuit TV. Don't miss it. See only at the following locations. Brother, do tell, do tell. What's going on? Hey, just sitting here, man, watching episodes of The Office. <laughs> the, the British or the American version? The American, to me, is better than the Ricky Gervais version. Gervais? Gervais? Gervais. Gervais. Uh, Ricky G. Hey, there we go. Shorty G. <laughs> I don't know. Shorty G, of course. And he was a short G. I've seen exactly one and a half episodes of The Office. You you say that again? So I've seen exactly one and a half episodes of The Office. It's my second favorite TV show of all time. You know what my first one is? Um, G.I. Joe. Seinfeld. Seinfeld, the show yeah. about nothing. Two great, great shows. I had a dream I met Jerry Seinfeld. You know what we talked about? Professional wrestling. Nothing. It was a dream dream about nothing. (laughs) Did he have a a weird smell in his car? No, he didn't. (laughs) No, he did not. I have seen a few episodes of Seinfeld. I love Seinfeld. You know what show I love more than both of those? Monday Night Raw. Uh, I was going to say Preachers and Pinfalls. (laughs) (laughs) Segway us in, bro. Oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Preachers and Pinfalls podcast. Hey, I got some good feedback from our last show. A couple good. of people said they enjoyed it. They yeah. um, it was long, but they said that was okay. They liked it. They like they like the conversation. They like the long form. So, I don't know. So I have an announcement. Oh Lord, I'm not gonna save it to the end. I'll I'll I'll, I'll just I just leave right in it. Um, Thank you. So, I just completed my first list article for the Sportster.com. Okay. Um, so it should be published in the next maybe forty eight hours. What are we talking about today? What was the um, article on? So I'm I'm a I'm a list hack for the sportster. Um hoping it will lead to something more prominent with the sportster. So my first article is the ten best Japanese wrestlers of the decade. Oh wow. Wow. Yes. It's impressive. So my, my, that that list includes Asuka, Yoshirai, Kushida. Um, my top two, my top three, if I'm, no, my top two have never worked in the WWE. So unless you watch New Japan Pro Wrestling, you, prob- well, you probably know who Okada is, but you might not know Tanahashi. And, and, you, and you should, because Tanahashi was to New Japan what John Cena was in. So look for it this week. Uh, where, where can people find it? Like, how can they get access to it? Um, you can go to thesportster.com. Gotcha. And, um, you know, the the lists are usually at, at the bottom of, of the page, but I'm, I'm going to be there. Okay. Yep. I will be giving it a read. I support my brother, and I'm excited for this new chapter of your life. Oh, yeah. Uh, so. 
I made that sound like you were getting a divorce or something. That sounded well, dark. It sounded dark. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this new chapter of your life. <laughs> um, <clears throat> let's talk some wrestling talk, baby. What's the haps? Okay, so outside of the ring news, it has been official. Luke Harper and Sin Cara have been given their official WWE release. Uh, speculation on where they will go. There's some digging, man. And I heard a few people, a few podcasters said um, regarding Luke Harper, the same thing you and I said, I think a mm-hmm. month ago, two months ago, that the best place for him right now with the stage of his career and with the landscape of the product, AEW, um, and for reasons that we, that we stated, they lack the presence of some big men. I think Jack Swagger, is like one that sticks out to mind, but when I survey the roster, man, um, lay of the land, it's a lot of small guys. Man. Yes, they they suffer from the curse of sameness. Everybody looks. The same. Everybody looks. The, everybody looks the same. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I was on Twitter and somebody brought something to my timeline that I was like, hmm, that would be an interesting use of Luke Harper. So, so somebody, somebody on my timeline suggested that Luke Harper, either before he goes to AEW or instead of going to AEW, he just kind of goes and travels the indies and just pop indie shows. I can see that. And, and he's got a very, very, very good indie reputation. He was, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if Luke Harper, I think Luke Har- Harper only worked the indies before he signed with WWE. Uh, but, yeah, I don't I don't think I recall him from any other um, promotion. He never, if, if you work, who's in dire straits right now, by the way, um, it, it was for a cup of coffee. But I know he worked the NBC up and down the Eastern Seaboard. Um, so hopefully he goes to a gym and lifts some weights first. Luke? Yeah, because the last time I saw him, he was looking a little skinny. Really? Yeah. I'm like, what happened to his biceps? Like they, they, went, got- they went they went away with the Bludgeon Brothers costume. I know. He's like, you know what? I, I wasn't lifting a heavy hammer anymore. I don't need this. I don't need this. Did vegan keto or something? I don't know. So, so him and Sankara um, officially get their releases. Um, also, out of the ring news, saw something pretty interesting that was floating online. Um, Brandy and Cody. I think this was was it? I don't know. It wasn't Starcade. Well, you know the two different versions of Starcade. There's the WWE version. And then there's the AEW, you know, Cody's carrying on what Dusty did. But uh, I, don't, I don't think it was Starcade, but some kind of sit-down talk. Somebody asked Cody and Brandy from other pr- promotions, you know, who would they want to bring over? Mm-hmm. Um, two, two really interesting questions and two really interesting answers that they gave, Belantra being one of them. Um, but but yeah. Brandy and Cody agreed, said Alexa Bliss. I could see that in the AEW. I could too. I, and I, and so that's yeah. 
and because they don't work as demanding a schedule. And she's been kind of these last couple of years real susceptible to injury. Yeah. I, I think AEW may be a good spot for her. Yeah. Uh, and they need it. Their, their women's division is paper thin. Thin as um, paper in the wind. Yes. Wet paper in the wind. That's, that's, that's thin. Yeah. yeah they're, 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 they're really thin. They're really thin. And which, um, since, since we're kind of talking about AEW, we could just stay here for a moment. That's cool. And you talked about the women. So, and I, and I know, I know I texted it to you. You did. So I'm watching AEW. Yeah. I'm still trying to navigate what AEW is. Every podcast I listen to, like, I, I listen to the Mass Man Show, is one of my favorites. Shout out to David Shoemaker. I, that may be the best wrestling podcast um, that's out next to the Preachers and Pinfalls podcast, of course. I agree. I definitely um, agree with that statement. But a lot of people, like, they, they talk about how awesome AEW is. And I'm not saying AEW is not good, but I'm, I'm just like, am I weird? The reason I don't see what everybody else sees. Um, you know, but I, and, I, and, I, and I, I think I've figured out what my problem is. Okay. Fill us in. I love professional wrestling. And I grew up in the territory era. Which is not the same thing as as the in, as the independent scene. I think I just like what I will call big box wrestling. Like some of the things that AEW does, it's just too indie wrestling for me. Mm. And like I I don't know why I see a Tope Suicida every match. Like every match, somebody's got to dive outside the ring on somebody. Every match, like like it, no one in AEW is capable of like working a body part. I like this. Remi- listen, remind me when you get done with your rant to say okay. something. To say something, but I agree. So with you. so so, but um, but I like what Brandy Rose is doing. What she's trying, what she's trying to do. What she's trying to do with the Nightmare Collective. First of all, I love the name. Um, apparently the reason Awesome Kong isn't working a whole lot is that she's really beat up and can't do a whole lot. Really? So like, yeah. Um, well, you know, she was wrestling men in Japan before she came to TNA. Ah, so it wasn't surprising. Um, you know what? But, You're going to laugh at this. I thought, you know, remember when she left WWE because she, she got pregnant. She, she got pregnant. Baby. So I, th- mm-hmm. I thought she just literally you know, I'm such a mark. I thought she was really out this long because she was like ten to her baby. <laughs> it, it didn't register that oh, she's working another promotion somewhere. So yeah, well, yeah, yeah. She was she was taking care of the baby, working part time. But so they do. I don't know if you watched. Was that last week's AEW? She comes in and it's Chris Statlander, this new talent. Once again, everyone loves her. I, she's all right. She's. She's as green as a goose turd, and it shows. Um, but as they're talking, and they're doing this whole segment, they do the split screen to the commercial. So Brandy's talking, and it's like a car commercial. And then when they go back to the show, the segment's over. So I don't know anything 
about what she said to Chris Statlander. It's like you didn't plan; they did not plan those that segment. Well, I think um, I think that's to your point that you've been making that you made several times before. They got to get their production right. They know? do. I'm like, really, if she's and this is the pivotal moment, and like it's a Geico commercial that I hear, not Brandy Rose. So between between that and the way they introduce talent. So how do they introduce? Because I'm only familiar with like I pay attention when it's somebody recognizable, right? Hangman Page, six pack, six pack, Jack. See, but see, they, they all can't kind of came in at the open of the company, right? Yeah. But like, like the first episode, um, a a a, a big time uh, former All American athlete is gonna make his debut on the debut episode, and it's Jack Swag. <laughs> I'm so like, sorry if you had to hear that. That's okay. I'm like, it's, it's Jack Swagger. That was a bummer. It was. That's one. We the people. But the newest one is a Butcher and the Blade. They come in and beat up Cody Rhodes. And and uh, what's my dude? Excalibur is like, he's talking about these guys like they're like they're the revival or like um, I mean, even if like it was like the Killer Elite, which is Lance Ar- Archer and D.H. Smith, which is I don't know why D.H. Smith is not working at least in the AEW. But anyway, that's that's another point. Uh, he's like, oh my god, there's the butcher in the plane, and, uh, and I'm just like, I have no idea who they are. That's the first thing I say. And 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 here's the thing: no one in the crowd knew who they were because the crowd was. So, in fact, it you go back and look at it. I'm I'm gonna pretty much guarantee you'll see a guy kind of hundred turns like I don't know who these guys are and so is so it's one is one of three ways you introduce new talent mm-hmm. you use the old school jobber method <coughs> which is which is like what they did with Rusev so Rusev comes in the Royal Rumble beats a whole lot of people up and then for like a month he just like squashes job or you do what I like to call the NWO method, where you just bring somebody in and they just beat the crap out of somebody, and like every nobody nobody knows who they are. Who are these guys? Like how did they get in the building? Which may be a little too kayfabe for 2019. Yeah. Or you bring. You 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 have I don't know I'm trying to think of, of of the of the of the tag teams you got in AEW maybe I mean like they're using their job in the young bucks out to everybody so maybe you have the young bucks come in and say you know what we're sick and tired of losing we're the young bucks we're the elite we're the best tag team in the world which is not true but they think they are um, and you know we're tired of of, of losing and, and people saying that we're too old to be called the Young Bucks and we should change our gear. So we're opening an open challenge to anybody in the back. And then you bring out the Butcher and the Blade. You may not know us, but after we pummel the Young Bucks in the ground, you will know then us. you will. They have them beat the holy crap out of the Young Bucks and then like the next week, because you have like the best kayfabe interview guy, in my opinion, ever in the business. You got Tony Schiavone. 
You have Tony Schiavone sit down with him the next week. Why are you guys here? And then, so now we know who they are. But this whole, oh my God, there's a butcher on the plate. That, who are they? I don't know them. And why should I care? You didn't, you didn't take, but my fear, and I think I said this on the pod before, my fear is that when you do that, the only people who are going to know them are like hardcore indie right, fans. Right, 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 right. So now you kind of, so you're not, you're not attracting additional eyeballs to the product, which is what you need. Because NXT has um, surpassed you now in, in the pseudo Wednesday night war. Or the war that ain't really a war. I think that so, maybe it speaks so that's to my AWA. Okay. Um, but to your point, right? I don't disagree with much of what you said. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about styles of AEW. You know, I don't, AEW is not my kind of wrestling show either, you know? And I think that we've talked about extensively how I'm a very big supporter and proponent of storytelling. To me, because they have so many small guys that can do so much and they're so agile, it really takes away the aspect of telling a good story because you need that um, David and Goliath. But not, not even that. Even if you just take it down to the methodology of it, I don't think that you have enough guys on that roster who can tell an effective story, right? I think that they're performers. They're performers and not storytellers. And that's that's one of the reasons I'm not all in to AEW. But I will watch NXT more frequently because you know they know how to tell good stories, man. I will say no. this though. I will say this. The promo that cut Cody Rhodes cut on MJF was classic. That promo was fantastic. Because Cody's golden, man. Yes. Oh my gosh. Why is that man not not AW champion? Jeez. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. On purpose. On purpose. I know. What we got next? Um that's a good question. What do we have next? Oh. Um, what what do you think about the what do you think about the um the Roman Reigns? Was that what you wanted to say about AW? Because you said remind me yes, that was it. That, that's okay. what I wanted to say. Okay, uh, so what do you think about the um, the, the the Seth Rollins heel turn? I love it. They have done this right. They have taken okay. what what they created. Right, Seth was not the hot baby face that they wanted him to be anymore. And instead of shoving him down our throat, as they've done with Roman, as they've done with Cena in the past, they um they they gave him a lane. I think Seth works best as heel Seth, with or without the title. I think Seth can have the title as long as he's a heel. I don't. I say, let me say this: I don't think Seth needs the title. Seth is entertaining enough as a performer and as a character that when you give him a microphone and you give him the canvas of the mat of the ring, he can tell a hell of a story. What? For the past three weeks, as I've been watching him interact with the fans, with 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 the camera, I love what they're doing with uh, AOP and him. Like that's it. That's that's the Seth I want to see. Seth is a heel. He's just he's by by virtue he is. And and if they're smart, I would say another two three months from now, maybe closer to WrestleMania. You don't have to put them in a match together. It doesn't need to be an intergender match, but. 
I think they should become like the opposite of what Miz and Maurice were. They need to be a couple on WWE television, but make them the healest and the bitchiest heel you can possibly make. Like, make them be like, we're the king and queen of, of this show. You know, Flair, you're, you, you have queen in your name, but I'm, the, I'm, I'm Becky Two Belts, right? Even if she, they should go into WrestleMania with that stick. Both of them need to be healed. We know they date. My thing is now, where do you take this heel character of Seth Rollins? I don't want his dominance to be, let's get a title. No, because then it gets sticky. Now we got to figure out how we're going to get it off of Bray. And I don't, I don't want to see him with the title right now. I just want to see him do a heel, do heelish things, have affection. I want <laughs> Becky to turn heel. And that's that. I love it. Yeah, and, and, and so... <laughs> I agree. I um sorry people who, who are listening. First of all, three things. Number yeah. one, Make Seth, point. Seth looks like a heel. He looks like a heel. He looks like a heel, yeah. Like his gear, his whole presentation as as heel. That, I want him to nothing... get the gold street back in his hair. What do you think? I yeah, he needs that because because that because now that just makes him a prick. Yeah, oh yeah, like <laughs> I don't even know why. He's that guy. He's that guy that walks down the street with with headphones in, but he's not like listening to anything. Yeah, this. and like and like he's got the baseball cap sack. He skateboards, but you know he really doesn't know how to. Like that's like his whole his voice. That is the most heelish, nasally voice. And he what what makes Seth so perfect as a heel. Is very much like in the mold of of a Shawn Michaels, of Ric Flair. He looks beatable, mm-hmm. so it pisses you off when he wins. Because like my like like if he wrestles like Braun Strowman, like Braun Strowman should be able to beat him, but somehow Seth found a way to win. And like they tried to remove like every advantage. He could possibly have, and he still finds a way to like worm his way to a victory. So that's why. What do you think about Kevin Owens and the and the baby face, though? I. It's a good question. I think that you have so many. Um, I think that you have so many guys right now. Working heel, you need a good, clean baby face. And with the story that they've been telling with KO, I'm okay with him being baby face right now. If you give me a heel, if you give me a heel Seth, I would take a heel Seth and a baby face KO any day. To be quite honest. Rather than the roles reverse. Like I don't want a baby face. Because if KO is heel, who would be like the face? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. th- this is the face that Seth needs to start this heel run with. And gradually build on from that. And if KO switches down the line, I'm cool with that too. But um, I, I think Kevin Owens has that stone cold appeal. That, and I'm not just I, saying. I, that. And I, I don't, I don't think he does. I'm, and I'm not saying that because he does the stunning, nor because he's anti-authority or anti the system. I'm saying he's got that stone cold appeal that either way it goes, you just like Kevin Owens. Like I remember yeah. in '97, '98, '99, 2000, I just like Stone Cold. I didn't care if he was like stunning, stunnering, stunning, stunner. Is it stunning or stunnering? What would be the proper tense here? Well, let's see. He was stunning Steve Austin. 
But he's the so-called stunner. So maybe he stunnered people. There we go. That's it. You are the English major, right? I am. Um, whether he's st- that's still not the right tense I want to use. Well, whatever. Whether he was giving Vince McMahon the middle finger, or if he was being corporate, right, and sticking it mm-hmm. to the fans. Either way, I still like Steve Austin because he just had yeah. that uh, likable appeal. Either yeah. either role he played, that's what I mean by KO has that right that awesome Absolutely. appeal. And, I think and, see, just, and, you like him. And I and I think with with, with KO, like he's got. I think when when, and, and I'm I, I am in this camp by the way. When he came to NXT. I was shocked that Vince would sign off on him even signing because Kevin Owens, a.k.a. Kevin Steen, from his look to his in-ring style, um, he could always talk, but I just, I just did not see like him, like, like Kevin being, a WWE guy. But just like I didn't know that Sami Zayn could talk the way he does, um, it worked. And I don't I don't think they need to try to give him like Stone Cold-ish booking. But he doesn't need to be anti-authority. Fact. He kind of by default already is because, because he is the most anti-WWE wrestler on the roster. That's KO, right? Yeah. Uh, so sometimes I think it comes off a little contrived, a little too forced. And, you know, Kevin Owens is still snarky. We're like, you know, Seth Rollins and AOPs in the ring, and they're like, come on, KO. And, and KO, like, no, it's three of y'all. Why would I come in there with that? Right, right, right. He, you he, know, he's so, smart. I, he I, is. He, he's like he's like Y2J in the sense that everything he does makes sense. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, but I don't think they need to force that sort of stone cold anti-establishment booking on him. Um, they just kind of they they need to let him be in a lot of ways. They need to let him be maybe a, a WWE version of Kevin Steen. Well, Kevin Steen was an ass kicker on the Indies. You know, he wasn't. He wasn't. And see, Stone. He, see, here's the misconception about Stone Cold. Stone Cold wasn't an ass kicker. Nah, he, he, he he was he was a, he was a fighter. He he had to fight Vince. He had to fight the corporation. Everything about Stone Cold's character was somehow, some way, this tough guy. Like got sympathy in a lot of ways as the baby face that has to fight all of these obstacles to become champion, which is why Stone Cold was so much better chasing the champion mm-hmm. than he was as champion, which is also why his championship reigns never lasted long. Mm-hmm. And I think Kevin Owens, on the other hand, he's the guy that like when you're in the ring face to face and you got the microphone and you're talking, he don't say anything, he just punches you in the face. Well, he's he not really he's not He's not really fighting for anything. He just likes to beat people up, and he's good at it. And people love it when they when he beats people up. On the one so, hand, we I, have Seth. On the one hand, we have Seth, and we love what's happening. 
on yeah. the other hand, how do you feel about Roman? Man, you know, I've been, I've been, I ride for Roman. Like, I've been riding for Roman since, since day one. I like the fact that they got both of these guys kind of away from the championship. Mm, yeah. I agreed. do think, I do think it's, at this point, agreed. they're over enough that neither one of them need it. And I think whether it's Hill Seth and Babyface Roman, someday we got to get Hill Roman. But uh, I, I really hope they don't do him like they did John Cena. Because I, I really think. Um, and this is full pun intended, that if Roman ever turned heel, they would really let the dog loose. And I I would just love to see that. But anyway, I digress. Um, I, I love what they're doing with Roman. Uh, Baron Corbin's perfect because everybody hates him. I love Baron um, Corbin. I love hating him. I do too. I do too. And, 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 I've, and I've acclimated myself to this character because I like NXT Baron Corbin. When you know Corey Griffin said he doesn't get paid by the hour, Phillips. Um, but and Corbin's gotten so much better. He's got, he, he in he, ring he, or Mike the whole presentation. Like he he is he has as Jim Ross said about Arn Anderson and, and the Ric Flair Four Horsemen DVD. Like Corbin had it when you look at him. He's got the look. But he just needs to find it and embellish it, and he's found it. I will. I will raise you one. Um, I will raise you, raise you a, a king here, and say I think that the best thing for his character was becoming um, what was it? Not corporate baron. What was he? Uh, the, con- the constable. Yeah, when he was running, when he was GM or whatever. I think that was the best thing for him because I think that allowed him to develop and fine tune his skill. His mics, his I think that helped him work on his character work. Because yeah. I think that the in the ring stuff was there. I just think he had yeah. to work on that character. And 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 here's because in NXT he really didn't talk. Mm-hmm. He just came, he was the lone wolf. He just kind of came in, beat the crap out of you, and left. I now, mean, like like, like his series of matches with Samoa Joe in NXT, they just beat the holy crap out of each other. If they're gonna make him the go-to, the face heel for the company. This, for this new generation, you know, he needs mm-hmm. to be able. He needs to be able to talk. And I agree. I think, I think that him being Constable Baron, you know, I think that really helped him out. I think being King of the Ring. I think all of this is gonna. I think in another two years, we will look forward to seeing him main event WrestleMania as a heel. I will not disagree with that. Well, thank but you. I, 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 I think that is that is a fair. Um, assumption about about King Baron Corbin. King um, Baron Corbin. So, but yeah, I I, I really I really Thank like you. what they're doing. I really like what they're doing with um with Roman. Um, they're seeming. It seems as if they're kind of letting him. <laughs> you, you said they're seeming. <laughs> <Did I? laughs> you, I'm so you, I'm so immature. <laughs> I was gonna say you're twelve. You are a twelve-year-old. That's who. Uh, that's what she no, said. It, it, it seems as if they're really. And you got like, like you sound like a black character on Beavis and Butthead. You front back old. Now I got you, son. So, you know, I, I'm so sorry. I don't, I don't know why okay. that was so funny to me. That's okay. That's okay. Why. Probably because that, you're talking. That, that tickled me. That tickled me a lot. Oh, man. But uh, yes. I, I yes, like what I, 
they're letting Roman be himself more. And I, and I like that. They're letting a lot of people have free reign. You know, I've noticed, yeah. I won't say free reign, more reign than before. So, so, so what makes a good heel turn? Mm. Um, okay, so I think huh, I want to use a good heel turn. It has to be somebody who is white hot because it has to be believable because we, mm-hmm. we all know that wrestling is fake. Um, but we have to, you have to have such a buy-in from your audience, your fan base. They have to love you so much as a baby face that when you do make the heel turn, it, it, it's shocking. I think the best, I know you didn't, you didn't ask this, this question, but I'm going to ask your question by giving an example. The best heel turn that I've ever seen in professional wrestling, and mm-hmm. granted, granted, you've got maybe, what, 20 years of viewership on me? Um, Hulk Hogan. Turning into Hollywood Hogan because he, he was Hulk Hogan. Yes, he, he was. was. He was Hulk freaking yes, he Hogan. He came. He marched down to that ring. Everybody thought he's gonna save Macho Man, which is the 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 stick. That's what Hogan does. Say your prayers, brother. Eat your vegetables, brother. He leg dropped that man, and then and then took the hand of Kevin Nash. Got with Scott Owen. I mean Scott Owen. Scott Hall. This man is, is is the third member of this new group, this faction. So I think that makes a good heel turn. I think that there needs to be buy-in. I'm liking this. This is a good question. Um, it needs to be buy-in, and you need to be so over so that when you do it, it's, it's a huge surprise. And there needs to be a change, a dramatic change to your character's presentation and or ring gear. Example. Hollywood, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, oh, he went the complete opposite of red and yellow, and he went yes, black he and white. Black and white. And you know what's so funny about about that? Uh, I think three of the best heels all involve Hulk Hogan. Oh, what were the other? Okay, what were the so, other two? But, but let me dig. But let me dig a little deeper on that heel. Oh, are you using my? Uh, you using my verbiage there? I like that. Yeah, let me dig a little deeper. So. Even during that time, and I've heard Hogan say it on interviews, but when he was coming out, like a lot of people, they did not appreciate the fact that he beat Flair for the title in 94 when he first came in. And there were some wrestling fans. Like, um, I remember trying to think. I think I went before he turned. I think I went. Was it was it the West Lafayette Amphitheater? My brother hates wrestling, but they but he was at Purdue at the time, so he got us tickets, and it was WCW, and Hogan. The music hit, and Hogan came, and people were booing Hogan because mm. they they weren't feeling that. that that's the way it should be. That, that's oh, no, 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 I'll take that back. I'll take that because that goes against my point. It, so, it, so so I, I think I think one of the seeds of a good heel turn is like. The people are tired of that shtick. I get you. And, and, and instead of instead of trying to force the shtick, Eric Bischoff said, "No, come on, let's go the other way." Yeah. So, so let me. So I'll give you the other two. Um, and, and both of these, I know I've mentioned several times on this podcast, but go all the way back 
to what I still think is the greatest main event in WWE history, WrestleMania three, Hogan versus Andre. Not that the match was one of the best, because there are several matches better, mm-hmm. but the story mm-hmm. in that Bobby Heenan brainwashes Andre the Giant. And that was one of the first times that they mentioned like these two guys working in other companies together because they worked in Florida together and they worked in AWA together. And Bobby basically says, well, you know, Andre, you're the king of, you're the king of the battle royale. You're the king of the battle royale. You're undefeated. No one's ever beat you. But Hogan's never given you a title shot. Mm. But Hogan's my friend. But if he's your friend, Hogan, why would you let, Hogan why would my you friend. Me? Yeah, Hogan, why would he give you a title shot, Andre? And, and, then, and then Bobby comes up by himself with Piper's pit. You won't give Andre a, a title shot because you're scared he'll beat you. And you're not really his friend. You just really want to be champion. And then Andre comes up, you've never given me title shot. And he, you know, and he, and, and it's, and that main event is as much about Bobby Heenan as it was about Hogan and Andre. And the second one, of course, is the mega powers. Yeah. But, but like the mega powers, are, and I, I need to see if I can find it on YouTube. Somebody kind of cut like the whole mega power story over a year. You're talking about a slow burn. You would just see these seeds of like macho, like, why are you looking at Elizabeth like that, brother? What do you mean, brother? Get lust in your eyes, brother. You know, until eventually, of course, Elizabeth gets knocked on off the ring. Saturday night's main event. Hogan picks up Elizabeth, takes her to the back, and then bam, the mega powers explode. But one one thing that makes a good heel turn, you see seeds, but you don't see them until after the fact. Well, the, that, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah it's I, that I nuance, like, man, I didn't pick that up until. Well, that's storytelling, right? I think yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the perfect comp. I'll give you the perfect comp. Um, in the MCU, um, Age of Ultron is probably one of my least favorite movies. Oh, really? Yeah, I actually like it. I, I don't, I don't, I don't like the direction they told the story, but I went back after Endgame and I watched it. And if you remember the scene, they all drinking in Tony Stark's living room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Captain America yeah. can't lift Mjolnir. They don't say he can't. They don't say he can't. He didn't. Well, he, he didn't. He could have. He didn't. I think that he could have. Well, whatever. We're not going to discuss well, that. But hold on. So he's trying, but he didn't. Right. And Thor's looking at him funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it wasn't until after Endgame, I'm like, oh, that's why he looked at him funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Th- those are, those, that's that's great storytelling. I agree. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I, that's, and that's, that's why great I'm a sucker yeah. for good storytelling. Right? Me too. Like, like to me, if you can, I mean, and I, and I, I do think it, it does come, come up watching wrestling in the eighties as, as a kid, where there were guys who were really good athletes, but like Hogan, Hogan was big and strong and muscular, but I wouldn't consider him a great athlete. No, but man, Hogan was so good at the uh, at the entertainment stuff, the the promo and the emotion that the match was the culmination of the story. Like that SummerSlam match. When the mega powers exploded, when it was um, it was it was Hulk, was it Hogan and Beefcake against Macho and Zeus. That match was terrible, but the story is fantastic. Like Andre physically was in horrible shape during WrestleMania three, mm-hmm. and and the match wasn't great, but it was the story that made that match so good. And so- I do think I do think in t- two thousand nineteen, a lot of these guys rely so much on the match oh, yeah. that the story kind of suffers a little bit. Oh, I agree. 
So let's let's do this because you've got me you got me excited. Let's okay. talk about let's talk about some of the best heel turns we've seen in any other product. A oh I want I can't say AEW, but WWE, WCW, um, ECW, NWA, New Japan. Let's just kind of spitball it. I like these. I think the audience like like likes it when we just kind of spitball. I'm gonna go first and okay. say what my fate what one of the most memorable heel turns I remember is and I forgot the year, nineteen eighty seven maybe, nineteen eighty eight. Um be um Brutus Beefcake Barbershop. Yeah. Oh, that was no no no. That was you talking about Sean and Marty Gennetti? Yeah. That was in the nineties, bro. Was it, that was, was, 90, it, was it the nineties? that was like ninety one, ninety two. Okay. I want too far off. Yeah, yeah, you have Marty Gennetti there and you have Shawn Michaels. What makes this so cool and so poignant is that Sean has on this black leather coat. <laughs> that, and that just makes it that much sweeter that when he kicks Marty Janetti and he rams his head into that window and then he flips his jacket, that goes down. You know, Sean is my all-time favorite wrestler, but... it's one of the best. That, that, that planted the seeds for me early. I, I don't remember watching it because, of course, I, had, I was like four. <laughs> but... I just remember watching it as I got older and, and remember when, when I really got into wrestling, remember, oh man, that makes him that much cooler, you know? Uh, one the one thing I remember about that. That was your friend! <laughs> and and, and I, I didn't watch it live. I remember watching it on Superstars that Saturday morning because I didn't have cable. And that was probably on like Wrestling Challenge in USA. I remember, I remember Ty, um, Sean Mooney Saying it's in black and white because it's so graphic. Because they didn't want to see, they didn't want to show you the blood from Marty Gennetti's face. I that part was so poignant to me. Uh, I think one of the best turns. I, I think um, going kind of back in those annals has to be WrestleMania 13, the double turn, Stone Cold and, and Bret Hart. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was a great that was a great heel. Turn. That was a great double turn, and, and Stone Cold became a babyface and Bret became a heel. Um, and I I went back a few months ago and watched WrestleMania 13. Man, Brett did yeoman's work WrestleMania 13. I mean, he was the whiny, pardon my language, the whiny bitchy heel that whole pay per view. He's so good. At he that. came out. He came out in the main event talking about why don't I have a title shot? But I'm like, oh, I I don't. I'm like, I don't remember all that from the first time. So that, that's that's one of my favorites. Um, one of the more recent ones because I I, I kind of caught up with New Japan was uh so uh Kenta aka Hideo Itami is wrestling for New Japan. Um, he's from Japan, but he gained his notoriety in Dragon Gate. He did not work for New Japan. Um, and his best friend uh, Kitsuyori Shibata brought him in, tagged him with their other best friend Hiroki Goto. And it's it's still one of my favorite types of heel turns ever. Like when when you're trying to get the hot tag and the partner just just jumps off the apron and just walks away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he jumps off he jumps off the apron, walks away, and then Goto loses. And he's in the middle of the ring. Then Kenta comes back with the bullet club and they just beat the crap out of him. So Kenta's in the bullet club. So that was that was a pretty good. And and the thing is about New Japan, they tell stories visually because they don't talk. 
until the end of a match. So they don't they don't do promos and stuff like that. So that was that was that was that's one of my more recent favorites. What's another one of your favorite heel turns? Uh <laughs> I don't know if this counts as a heel turn, but the the greatest heel in the company is ever is Vince McMahon. Um, oh, absolutely. That that night after the Monday Night Raw after the screw job, Vince McMahon literally does the heelish. The most heelish thing, it reminds me of a, a, a super villain getting on TV and broadcasting to all of the homes saying, I just killed Superman or something. He gets on Raw and he says, I didn't screw Brett. Brett screwed Brett. That's it. That's it. That's it. Hands down. That's cool, Brett? Oh, yeah. That, that, those words. It's just, oh, wow. It's, it, he created, he painted the picture of the narrative he wanted you to believe. Although you know Vince McMahon school Brett, but in some strange way, this is what's best for business. Oh, oh okay, yeah. okay, Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> it okay. was necessary. It was necessary. I, I didn't Brett school Brett. <laughs> I love well, it. Well, I tell you, I tell you one, of, one of my favorite heel turns, um, going way back in the day, WCW, um, when the four horsemen turned on Sting, that broke my heart. I, I think I, 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 I was maybe seven or eight. I might have cried, to be honest with you. Oh, because, well, first of all, of course, you know, Ric Flair has always been my favorite wrestler. There, like, there's never a time when he has not been my favorite wrestler. But then Sting came along. So much so that I took a picture of Sting with me to the barbershop and I had the barber cut my hair like Sting. Oh, wow. That's. Super yeah, intriguing. that's not my thought. And that ain't that ain't crow sting. That's mullet beach yeah, sting. That's mullet, from, yeah. Man. And man, I got clowned so bad at school, but I did not care. Um and he got he joined the horsemen. And I'm like, yes, my two favorites together. And then it's the best thing in the world. Oli, because because Oli wanted back in. They jumped Sting, and they beat him up, and then he got with Lex Luger, and I've never liked Lex Luger. No I've one. Never liked Luger. I don't think Vince never McMahon liked even liked Lex Luger. I'm like, no, don't put him back with Luger. So yeah, so that so that's that was that was, that was one of my one of my favorites from my from my early early childhood when the Horsemen turned on Sting, and they became bad guys again. Uh, I can I can I can tell you my least favorite, and I, I don't know if this is considered a heel turn. Necessarily, but my, probably one of my biggest letdowns was the Ministry of Darkness, and Vince McMahon was the higher power. Oh, I was just thinking about that one too. Yeah, that's I was like, really? Yeah. So let's um let's talk about the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I was gonna segue in. You didn't give me a chance. Let's talk about the Hall of Fame. So, um, I'm not gonna say Batista's not deserving, but where does he fit? Mm. Like in that era, in your continuum, like it got, give me some context as to as to what exactly you're asking. So I'm talking about from <laughs> being the deacon, being Devon's deacon. Uh, do you remember when he was Devon's deacon? I do, I do remember. Had Test, it with, with the with the offering plate. I remember to being an evolution tagging with Flair. Separate from Evolution, become a World Heavyweight Champion, uh, become arguably 
the top baby face in the company until John Cena. Um, and then becoming the biggest heel in the company until Edge. And then ultimately leaving. Like twice, twice. I, I guess I guess in a nutshell, like where do you rank him? So I have an affection towards Batista because he came out of that great OVW class that had Brock Lesnar, John Cena, my man Crush. He, he was in that class? Yeah. Oh he was. Randall Keith Orton, Sheldon Benjamin. Um so there's an affection that I have for him. Do I think he ha- he is a great wrestler? God no. 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 Do I think he's a great performer? So far, he's gotten better. Um he was a body. He was a body that looked good. And he looked good with the championship. Right? I I think that he's deserving. Are you are you building a bookshelf? What are you doing there? I am not building a bookshelf. Some some just fell off my desk. Oh, it sounded like you were. It sounded like your desk fell apart and you were putting it back together again. It did not. Okay. Uh, I, um, to, to uh, me, to, Batista, not Batista bomb through my desk. But Batista, what, what year did Batista leave the first time? Was it two thousand ten? No, he. I, I want to say it was before that. So the the last four or five years of his run, the last mm-hmm. four or five years, like after after when he really started feuding with John Cena, like when he cut his hair, uh, the, the, when he cut his mm-hmm. hair and he got that last ear ear piercing, <laughs> <laughs> that to me is the best version of Batista. And for that, I think he should be, you know, if you're gonna put him in the Hall of Fame, that is what we should look at. To me. Was because that was think, that was that when he would just walk with the spotlight on himself a, for a little a, a little bit before. However, I did love that though, right? I think okay. he was a great. I think he was for the time. He was a great antagonist for John Cena. I agree, and I th- I think that I think he was a great worker in the ring with with Taker. You know, fast, mobile. He, he wasn't really technical. You know, a lot of the guys that he had great feuds or, or really great matches with. They weren't technical guys, you know, so he worked well in a ring with a taker, with a Triple H, uh, with a Cena, with a, with a Kane, right? Um, I, I loved him when he did, was doing his tag team stuff with Ray. So, yeah, I think, I think he's definitely deserving. At, you know, if you're looking at ranking the class, like, is he first class, second class? He's second class, and that's me being generous, <laughs> you know? Yeah, what do I, you think? I, I've never been a Batista fan. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Batista when he was kind of the enforcer in evolution, but I don't know. He he was he was stiff and not his style. He just he just lumbered around the ring. Um, he was always injured. I, mean, I, think, I remember. I think that was because he was so large. Honestly, he was hurt he was, a lot. He was so large. He was so large. Um, a lot of his injuries had to do with like lower body, right? Well, I know, I know, I think uh, it was a little bit. I know he had a quad, a knee, a shoulder, yeah, a little bit of everything. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Like, he, I, I think, first of all, so let's acknowledge the fact that the WWE Hall of Fame is not real. It's not. It is the most kayfabe thing about the WWE because it's, there's no Hall of Fame anywhere. You get a ring, though. 
You do get a ring. Nice ring. Expensive. Um, but, like, there's not any one thing about Batista's career that stands out as great. I agree. He was a really good body guy. Like he was he was the warlord who was really good friends with Triple H. Yep. Uh but he was a world champion. Um there was a time he, he was a fairly I, I think having Triple H as his antagonist is really what got him over as a baby face. Because the one thing that I noticed is when he had to encounter other heels, there was there was no one who could really get heat off of him the way Triple H could. He did his best business with Triple H and he did his best business with the Undertaker. And John, um, Cena. and John Cena. But yeah, and John Cena. And 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 I and I will argue and I've and I've said this about Batista before. I truly believe he left the WWE because both John Cena and Edge passed him up. Well, I'm not going to disagree with you there. He 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 was not and and, and one thing that you said that I got to call you on because I disagree with it vehemently. Okay. Uh and, and WWE did not shove John Cena down people's throats. And I will argue this to anybody. Okay. When John Cena beat JBL, who I don't know why he's not in the Hall of Fame. He is the best heel SmackDown's ever had. Um, at WrestleMania 21, the people wanted that. And WWE gave the people exactly what he wanted, what they wanted. Now, I do think what they missed with John was when people were starting to boo John. And really, I think people resented John because when they went to PG, John said, okay, I'll be the PG guy. And that's what he did. He was the new Hogan. And, yeah. you know, may, maybe it's a personal thing. I never liked Hogan. Like, he was my least favorite wrestler. And, you know, to I see never, that Floyd. I never liked, I never liked, I never liked Babyface. Hogan Floyd was my dude. Yeah. I can do a whole podcast about growing up, you know, around Delaney Projects and why I would like Rick Flair and not Hulk Hogan. But I, th- I think you and I like the heat, like, the heat, yeah. right? I think I think yeah. you just I like you know, Jafar and, in Aladdin. But I but like, I also I, like I also my thing with Cena, like I'm a Cena mark primarily out of respect. Because there was a lot of crappy stuff he was given and he made it good. And he was consistent. And he showed up every night. That was times like I couldn't stand John Cena winning all the time. When you look back on that period between like now and the attitude era when they was like like I guess it was the ruthless aggression era. Like they didn't have much You're right. They were not very deep as far as their talent. Listening to a podcast with Bruce Pritchard um brought that to my Yeah. It's so funny is you you said that because Bruce Pritchard said this. And when he said it, I, I didn't I didn't realize it, but I kind of knew it, but I didn't realize that he said it. The one thing that really hurt the product was when uh, when Vince bought WCW for two and a half million dollars. Man, if I knew rich people back then. Um, 
That's not a lot. At all. Not for a company. He bought everything. But gosh. The the what 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 hurt A the invasion and B, I think what hurt w, what WWE was the top guys didn't come over right away. Oh, definitely. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, but I don't know. I, I mean, he, he was all right. There was a I delay. Like, uh, you can, let's let's dig into that a little bit. So if, okay, when you think about the and just mind the people listening with the fifty-five minute mark. If you wanna fast forward or you know you wanna take a pee break, by all means. Um, that's why you got a pause button, people. That's why you got a pause button, people. It's like watching the Irishman. You don't have to watch it all in one sitting. You can take a couple breaks, okay? Um, if you can trade out those who immediately came over to WWE during the invasion, Booker T, um, Perry Saturn. <laughs> I can't say that without laughing. <laughs> I don't know why, man. Perry Saturn was cold when, uh, when he was sober. I mean, when he was in WCW, maybe. When he got over to WWE, they didn't know what to do with him. But nonetheless, we'll start a whole other dissertation there. You know, Removing the guys they brought over immediately, who would you rather have seen come over that quickly? Well, well, I think the obvious answer, the number one guy that didn't come over during the invasion was Goldberg. I thought you were going to say Sting, but okay. Um, and and he was he was he was my second. Like, and and we didn't we didn't get Sting. I think I think primary, and, and I would even say even more more so Sting than Goldberg. I think I mentioned Goldberg because Goldberg was was pretty was still pretty hot at the time. Yeah. Um, and Booker T was 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 far and away the best of the guys that they got. Definitely, definitely. Um, I'll say this as well, and I know he probably kind of burned this bridge, but a guy that they that would have been good during that time, who could work anywhere on the card, solid heel. Put him in a tag, put him in IC, he could work. But him and Vince really weren't on good terms. It was Jeff Jarrett. How, and God bless Jeff Jarrett how, for starting Team A. How old was Jeff Jarrett? How old was he at this time when when the evasion happened? Because Jeff to, was, to me, Jeff's always been old. <laughs> but that's just to me. He looks what you thought. Jeff was maybe early. Mid thirties, early thirties. Okay, okay. He was not. He was not very old at all. Okay. Because I want to think Jeff's probably in the fifties now. Okay. But, um, you know, Jeff, Jeff Jeff's last night at WWE before he went to WCW, he went up to Vince and I want the rest of my money cash. So you can't do that to Vince. But, um, yeah, I they're not having Sting yeah. from. So Flair says, and I'm trying to think, somebody quiet, it might have been Arn. Flair tried to get him to go in 94 when he went back to WCW after his run in WCW. He's like, Sting, man, you need to go up there. Um, I, I want to say Bruce Pritchard said this, but after like the, the epic match he had with Flair in 88, the first class of the champions, that yes, I do remember watching it in the, in the, in my aunt's basement with my cousin. Um, Hogan, uh, uh, Bruce said Vince wanted him there. He wanted him in 88. Mm. Think, think about it. Think about if Sting would have came 
like then. With, yeah, there would have never been an ultimate war. That, I promise you, that's what I was about to There's ask. Never been. Man, had, had, had Sting yeah. come over, not, not even in 88, but let's let's move it up a little bit. Let's look at the invasion, you know, if, so, if you so, don't mind. Yeah, he, so, yeah, Hogan, I mean, Vince tried to get Sting in like 88, tried to get him again in 92, and then wanted him for the invasion. And I don't blame him, man. That's a big check. I would probably wouldn't have left that check either. But man, if Sting would have came during the invasion angle, what would we not have gotten? Oh Think about that. So, like, because we always hypothesize about, man, if this person would have come over, you know, I've, I've heard it, you know, Bruce and Conrad do, uh, have done this before, and, it, and it's made me have this own dialogue in myself. If Sting had, comes over in invasion, what would we not have gotten? What developed talent would we not have gotten? See, become a superstar. What storylines would have not happened? What wouldn't have happened? Well, here's the thing: the invasion angle stunk. I think the only blip I could see was that Sting's not a heel, and an invasion angle, like from the NWO to like the Renegades from All Japan invading New Japan when I was tape trading back in the day. Like an invasion implies that you need a bad guy. Yeah. And Sting's not a bad guy. Even like when they did the main event mafia thing in TNA and he was the leader of the main event mafia, like literally they booed everyone else but Sting. He was like Miss Elizabeth with Macho Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, so that that's like kind of like the only man if 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 Sting would have like sh- like I tell you one thing would have happened. Uh, Stone Cold wouldn't have been leading the WCW team. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Could you could you could you imagine in like 2002 Stone Cold's main event against somebody and then it goes dark and yeah. then you just see Sting come down from the ceiling? People would have lost their ish. Well, you you know my favorite part about 2000 and gosh, 16, 15 maybe is mm-hmm. that Randy Orton is in the ring. With the chair, surrounded by Seth Rollins and Kane, uh, 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 corporate Kane and um, the Squash Brothers. What's their names? You know, you know who I'm talking about. Who did Who did Seth have during that heel run? Oh, J and J Security. Yeah, the, the the ring goes black. <laughs> Stings in there with him. That was the that's the coolest thing to me. And Randy yeah. give, Randy gives him this look like, oh, I guess we're doing this. Okay, right that. Anything before or after that with Sting in WWE sucked, but that one singular moment was Man, like super cool. So it was it, just like I, when, when that happened. So when, when I fo- closely followed baseball, I was die, I'm a diehard White Sox fan. Hmm, didn't know that. When I saw that, I felt the same way as I did when the Sox got Ken Griffey Jr. So Ken Griffey Jr. is my all-time favorite baseball player. I met him once, actually. And when the Sox he's got a, King Griffey Jr., I'm like, a, oh, my a, God. He's a jerk. Really? I, I never met him. I never met him. I'm, I'm lying. Okay. I'm lying. It wouldn't shock me if he was, but it would kind of surprise me if he was. But I was like, oh, my God, the Sox got King Griffey Jr. So often. I'm like, wait a minute, he's old. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, Sting. I'm like, wait, he's kind of bald. It wasn't the same. Not the same thing. It wasn't the same. Because, because... The one thing that we did not, that we never got, and in fact, I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now, there, there are four things that we never got because Sting did, was not in WWE in his prime. 
He was number being selfish. One, number one, I know, selfish prick. The number one we didn't get, we never got Sting Hogan in WWE. We got Hollywood versus Sting, but they were both older at that point. We never got, and this is my personal one, I've, I, of all the Sting dream matches that people talk about, this is the one I want to see. We never got Sting Shawn Michaels. Ooh. You oh, want, I would have loved you to, wanted see to see Sting, that? Shawn yes, I did. Heal Shawn Michaels against a baby face. And I'm talking about like, like maybe 95 Shawn. Okay. Because I, I think if if Beach Blonde Sting comes to WWE, oh, Vince ain't changing that cash cow. A beach sting, the man called Sting with like the purple tights versus heel Shawn Michaels. I hated that. With uh with 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 uh with uh sensational Sherry. Oh my gosh, that would be great. That that would have been nice, yeah. And and also we we never got we never got Sting versus Brett. Because I don't think they worked in WCW. They might have, but it was probably forgettable because Brett was a miserable oaf in WCW. And of course, obviously, we never got Sting versus The Undertaker. Of course. In their prime. Yeah, we never got it. Yeah, you're right. So that's the big ad. To me, that, that is the biggest what if in, in the history of professional wrestling. That and who killed Bruiser Brody. Those are the two biggest what ifs in WWE. Oh, well, you're going to be asking that question for a long time, my friend. So oh, yeah. let, let's pretend we can get in a, and I know we're all over the place. <laughs> I love it. I love the rabbit hole. Let's 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 say we we can hop into a DeLorean uh, right now. We, mm-hmm. You know, we hop in. You can get in the driver's seat. I can get in the driver's seat. It doesn't matter. It's a two seater. It's a DeLorean. Um, we go back in time and we can pick. We can pick three. We can make three dream matches. WCW guys, WWE guys. Dream matches of guys either either in their prime mm-hmm. or you know currently. Okay. Uh, you know what? What? What matches would you would you want to go back in the DeLorean and see? You go first. You give me three matches. Three matches. Okay. Well, the the first one I want. I want eighty five Flair versus eighty seven Hogan. Okay. I want that match. Um. Give me, because I'm in my DeLorean, baby. I want like 1975 Andre the Giant versus Braun Strowman. Please. Okay, okay. Let, okay, let me let me say this. Let me say this. Yeah. It has to be people of the same era. Why? You can't just pull people. I got from a DeLorean. You're pulling people from different timelines, though, Dante. You're not time traveling. You're messing with quantum physics. Look, guess what? And I know nothing about quantum physics. So they, they have to be of the same era. Uh-huh. Your first one was good. <laughs> The second one's kind of questionable. But hold, but wait a minute. So you telling me you wouldn't want? Well, like if you've ever seen an Andre the Giant documentary, you you wouldn't want to see like an in his prime Andre the Giant versus Braun Strowman. No, I wouldn't. Why? I'm not a big man. That match would be awesome. That would be like the gimmick match of the century. Yeah, it's a gimmick match. I'm a I'm a storyteller. Oh, you can tell a story. You can tell much of a story you can tell with that Dante. Oh, it's a huge story. Two, two big behemoths going together. I'm not Absolutely. saying it's going to be bad. I don't want. I don't want to see that because you can turn Braun Strowman to a bad guy. Because 1975, Andre the Giant, everyone loved him, and Braun Strowman started as a heel. Oh, you could tell a story. 
Okay, 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 okay. <sighs> Stick to now, the rules. Okay, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you another one that that was supposed that some people want to happen but never happened. Give me like ninety-one Macho Man and like ninety-four Shawn Michaels. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, because 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 Randy Savage like he was kind of ready to retire if you remember the era when he was on commentary I remember that but he did want to wrestle Shawn Michaels Vince said no nobody wants Vince to see that uh, give me I hope this ain't tapping too too much into eras um, and it's, it it's happened but it's not it's never happened. Uh, no, this no. I'll give you one that's never happened, and I don't even need a DeLorean. I want John Cena versus Tanahashi. Okay, I'm cool with that. Like, like the Ace of Japan versus the Ace of the U.S. Um, oh, this is this is. I know it's three, but I'm gonna give you one more, and I'm I'm done. I'm sorry, because now you got my brain. <laughs> and you love this man, even though you've probably never seen the other guy wrestle. Give me Randy Orton versus Tetsuya Naito. Oh my oh. God. That I, I'm bought in already. Where do I buy um, the ticket? <laughs> or, or, or give me no, even better, even better, even better. Give me Randy Orton versus Switchblade Jay White. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Oh my gosh, that match would be so fantastic. And we didn't, we didn't even, we don't even need baby face. Just know it's Randy versus the Switchblade. That match would be uh, out of this world great. You know, there's a comic book called Deadpool versus the entire Marvel Universe. You know, you know, you're you're a nerd, right? He first Yeah, I, I am aware of this comic. I, I would just like a whole pay per view is Randy versus everybody. <laughs> I just want every match to be I, Randy I, Orton wrestling everybody on the roster. Man, oh, I, I, I would love, I would love for Randy to just like go to Vince and say, "Can I just take a leave of absence for a year?" Like I'm coming back. And like I would love him to go to Japan. There's so many guys he would be so good with if he went to Japan. Um, two of which I mentioned already. And then like let him go to Impact. And who are you, who do I want to see him with? Okay, I'm going off the rails. Give me your three. Um, okay. Um and, and all of them cannot include Randy Wood. No, they don't, they don't. I promise they don't. Um, in in their prime, I would love to see NWO versus B Generation X, the version of <laughs> Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and I don't even know who else will be like China, but that that version of DX versus the version of NWO that we know, Scott Hall, Hulk Hogan, and Kevin Nash. I want to see that, it, it, even if it's a three on two handicap match. I'm cool. I'm well, cool. I, think, I guess you. Could throw in an extra DX member because Sean wasn't in the second iteration of DX. Uh, he wasn't. He was not. He got hurt. He lost and then Triple H came out the night after WrestleMania and reformed DX and, with, with X Pot, uh, Road Dog, and Billy Gunn. And if it, to be honest, man, I was I'm not a huge fan of that second version of DX. I've always been more so you know, the first version. I think they were better. Um, I think they were just greater. They, their, their, their friendship, their camaraderie, their gimmicks—it's just better than me, man. <laughs> so anyway, I would want to see that. 
Of okay. course, I would want to see Sting versus Undertaker. Like, oh. in their prime. I think that would be a very interesting match. And it, it, can't, the, it, it can't be Sting, Beach Blonde. No, you need to be Dark Crow Sting with the baseball bat. Once, you wouldn't want to see like you wouldn't want to see Beach nope. Sting versus like versus nope. like the Mortician Undertaker. No, I want to see Sting come down. Well, that would the, be so cool. I want to see Sting come down from the rafters with the baseball bat, and I want Undertaker to take his twenty minute stroll down the aisle with with Paul Bearer. I want I want to see that. That's what I want to see. Long haired Sting. Not when he got short because he was getting older. I want that long black hair. Oh yes, with that one, <laughs> with that, with that sing, with that singlet on, with the scorpion on it. I want that. That's what okay. I want. That's what I want. And lastly, man, it's it's really a toss up. I um, I don't know which one to choose, but I'm gonna say Shawn Michaels versus. And see, now I'm doing what you did. God, dog it. I was gonna say Shawn Michaels versus A. Dolph Ziggler. B AJ Styles, C B, you, C. Wait, Seth, you just told me I couldn't. C, miss I know, era. I know, I know, I know, I know. C, yeah, Seth, because C, it's funner when you mix eras. Uh, C Seth Rollins and D Adam Cole. I want. Well, hold on, let me ask. Let me ask you one question. Yeah. Let me ask you one question. Yeah. This may be your home for the next podcast because I feel like every different guy you mentioned versus Sean, you would need a different era, Sean Michaels. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, like ninety-five Sean against Dolph Ziggler today would be great. Oh, that would be yeah. I would I like to see. Agree. I would like to see this AJ Styles versus two thousand and ten Shawn Michaels. Um, when did he come back and win the championship? Oh, two thousand. Six? Five, two thousand six. Yeah, not, not that Sean. Hey, I look want, straight I, up. No, no, not straight that. Up, I, hey. I, want, I want the Sean that that was a little older. That was like wrestling Ric Flair. That with DX came back for the eighth time. I want that Sean versus <laughs> AJ Styles. Hey, and let's, and let's just be honest. They're around the same age. Let's just be honest. You need you need DX Sean versus Adam Cole. That works. Which because you which, got you got DX versus the Undisputed Era. Oh yeah, I oh so you, yeah. You need you need DX Sean versus Adam Cole. And then I want I want 05 Sean versus um Seth Rollins. Oh wow. Because that man was at the best he had ever been when he came back from that back injury. On the I, got, I gotta Jesus. be I gotta be honest. I with AJ, I want like triple crown 2007 TNA AJ Styles mm. versus like 94 Sean. Okay, okay, okay. That that AJ. Oh, first of all, that AJ Styles man, he bumped like a million dollars. Um, not not like a Dolph Ziggler bump, I'm sure. Well, that, well, that's because Dolph Ziggler dies too much. The king but. of bumps, uh, Sean Michaels and Dolph Ziggler, would be a great. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Who bumps the best? <laughs> the match is just a match of a series of people. Uh, everybody's letting themselves. They're just bumping. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that'd be hilarious! Oh, I love it. And then like the show off of the sweet chin music, like that would be super cool to me. Like, who does it better? Who does it the best? Oh, uh, HBK, the greatest of all time, of hands down. And I, I don't think it's close. No, he didn't. I don't it, think it's Dol- Dolph has a nice one though. He has a nice one. No, I mean like I, th- I, th- I don't, I don't, th- I don't know 
who people would consider to be the second greatest in ring performer. But I don't think he, I don't think it's close. I think I think Sean is by far. He he is even like I have a I have a couple of his DVDs, like watching his work. There's there's nobody I've seen even close to being as good as he was in ring. Now he was magical. Yeah, Sean was Sean, Sean is another stratosphere as a worker. He was special. He was special, man. Like he would do things that seemed effortless. But Sean told a story, you know. Sean would tell you how he would with um Marty Gennetti play with action figures to kind of get an idea of yeah. what moves they were gonna do. And I think that spoke to how great he was, man. Yes. We're, we're talking about I know, we gotta get out of here, man. We had a minute, we had an hour and sixteen minutes. Why are we talking about uh, Sean Michael just died? <laughs> he was a great he was a great he, he was CM Punk versus Stone Cold is another one I want to see. Prime and I, Prime 97 Stone Cold versus CM Punk when he um when he did the pipe bomb. I'm gonna mix errors for a minute. Okay. And this makes no crazy. I I would love to see like eighty I don't know, maybe 80, 86, 87 Ric Flair versus CM Punk. Mm. Mm. Because, he's, because, because CM Punk is the most anti-Ric Flair. Yeah, he is. And I would, lo- I would love to see like Ric Flair take off his shoe and tell CM Punk like he told Matthew T.A. my shoe costs more than your house. But that would just, just, they don't even ever have to wrestle. Just you get a microphone, you get a microphone, go. Rand, that would um, be great. Randy Savage versus Randy Orton, though, to be honest. Um, hey, here's one. Since we're since we're just rolling with this, <laughs> give me WrestleMania main event Miz. I don't remember what year that was. Mm. Versus 1988 Roddy Piper. Ooh, ooh, I like that. No, no, no. I get you know. I want. I want. I want. I just made Daniel Bryan walk off the set of talking smack Miz. I want that promo talking Miz against I, Roddy Piper. I may pull out my um, um, WWE 2K and um, put some matches together. Give, <laughs> give me, give me, give me Bret Hart. Mm, give me 97 Hart. 97 Bret Hart when he was a little happy against. I just had it. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Oh, I knew I was like I was like, I knew it was a Bret Ma- a Bret Hart dream match I've always wanted to see. I want give me ninety one Brett. This was IC champion Brett. I want IC champion Brett against IC champion Chris Jericho. Ooh. Yeah, always, that, that that's like one of my, um, one of my one of my like matches I've always wanted to see. That's I've nice, to, sir. Always good pick. I think that might uh, be the yeah. pick, of, pick of the day. That was the pick of the night, man. Yeah. Good job. All right, we got. And, and, and there are several other very marquee matches with with guys who may not be as prominent. Like I would love to see, like uh, ninety six Ray versus Akira Tozawa. Like stuff like that, like nobody cares about because, like, who cares about Tozawa other than me? Um, but yeah, but who would I like to see? Oh, I'm gonna be honest. Okay, I would love to see Randy Orton wrestle his dad in his prime. Mm, okay, you know I, what? I would, I would, I would love 
is I, I'll give it to you. I would give me give me um, Legend Killer Randy Orton mm. oh. versus Talk versus versus I want I want Harley races ten thousand dollars to take Flair out of commission. Bob Orton. So that's like Bob Orton from like eighty two. Give me those two. I would love to see that. I would like to see. Oh man, why are you doing this to me? I would. I wouldn't mind seeing. We saw it. I wouldn't mind. And again, I'm not. I'm not a Hogan fan, but I, Hogan's had some good matches. Like I think his match with Orton at SummerSlam. I think 05 was excellent. Mm-hmm. Give me. Give me Hogan, and give me like ninety five Hogan mm-hmm. versus, versus a ninety five Sean. Give me. Oh. Give me, give me a ninety-five Hogan versus no, 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 no. Give me ninety-seven Hogan, ninety-seven, ninety-eight NWO Hogan versus Legend Killer Randy Orton. Oh wow! Hey, since you brought up Hogan, I I would love to see Hogan versus his hero. So give me eighty-seven Hogan against like seventy-seven Superstar Billy Graham. I would love to see that. And and. Give me the Godfather of NXT. Um, give me, give me eighty four Dusty versus Evolution Triple H. Ooh, hey, Dusty would bleed for Triple H. And he'll like that too. Oh my gosh! All right, man, we got okay. to cut it. We got to go. We, maybe, we and you know what? This would be a two hour show if we kept doing. Maybe for every podcast moving forward, this is a thought. We do like what's your pick of the day? Like, what dream match have you been thinking about that you would like to see? And like, we, that can be that can be like kind of our calling card leaving the show. That that we can do. That we can do. So um, you can find me on Twitter at Pastor DDP. Of course, for all you college football fans, you can find me on SaturdayBlitz.com. and now you can find me on TheSportster.com. Where can I find you, my friend? Yeah, you can find me on. Um, social media. Recently, I've gotten back into blogging. Um, a friend of mine kind of coerced me. I'm a hip hop fan, a rap fanatic, you know. So, new albums come out, uh, I get alerted, and you know, somebody may say, "Hey, what do you think about this?" So, I used to do it quite frequently. I stopped about a year ago, but recently, I've been writing some blogs and some new hip rap, rap albums. You know, I'm not getting paid for it. I'm not. I don't want people to, um, you know come at me such as these rappers but a, a Remy Ma fan page came at me today um, <laughs> because I wrote a blog about the new Fat Joe album and, you know the person says easily this album was nothing but fire from beginning to end best album of 2019 I said wow really? I said I wouldn't even put this album in the top 10 of 2019 it's like number 12 probably of like top top album so if you want to shoot the stuff man see what I think about a little hip hop and rap um, Desmond Alisea Medium you can go there um, you, know, you can go to Instagram Facebook all one name baby in the same place wherever I go because <laughs> every other every other name with Desmond was taken so I had to use my real name <laughs> ah yeah ah. so hey so you can also find me at uh, Pride of Good Kid on Instagram and if all minds are clear That's the benediction. Until next time.